today on the Sportnado. LeVar Ball talks some more. Dustin Johnson walks away in less than four strokes. I don't know what I'm trying to do rhymes. It's not working at all. And uh, our third topic is also interesting. It's Tony Romo. <laughs> all that and more today on the Sportnado with Grant and Jonathan. Wow, you sound super prepared today. You sound like you prepared very well. Well, um, people may be able to tell that uh, we don't sound like we're in the same room because usually we do. And there's a reason for that. It's because we're not in the right. same room. We're we, uh, just long distance. Jonathan has a mom for some reason. Um, it's weird. He has to visit her for now. So he's in Florida. He's in the swamps of Florida. And I yeah. am in the ancient wet forests of Oregon. So we're using modern technology to bring this podcast to you. Isn't that exciting? And that's the level of that's the level of commitment we have, though. Maybe I don't prepare, but at least <laughs> yeah. we're doing it. That's pretty good. Who wants to? I prepare? mean, it's pretty darn good. Yeah. I mean, I know what the topics are. I just haven't, you know, come up with a clever rhyme this time. I thought I was going to be able to do it on the fly. It doesn't go that way. It turns out you can't do these things on the fly. That's what I've learned. Often you learn that you're not as good as you think you are, and I'm talking specifically about you, Jonathan. That's yeah, <laughs> I felt like you were. I yeah. really felt like you were talking about me, and uh, that is sometimes true. That is sometimes true. I'm not going to lie. That I learned that. I mean, well, <laughs> it hurts all the so time. So the first topic is different than normal for us because I don't think we've ever talked about this air quote sport before. Sorry, I'm going to offend a lot of people with that. Wow. But it's golf. You, you sure did. Hey, but it's golf. We're just about to get into that. Before we do, though, I want to just say one thing quickly. We have a winner. I repeat, we have a winner. Oh, we had a contest. The, uh, the bracket. Yes. Hockey guy Patrick who crushed the competition, uh, Colin G. West anyway reported that going into the Final Four, Hockey Guy Patrick had already sewn it the whole thing up. And whether that's true or not, I don't trust those science guys. But it does turn out that Hockey P- Guy Patrick did win. And Hockey Guy Patrick, that means one thing and one thing only. You get to submit either any question you want to the breakdown or... The breakdown? You... M- well, whatever. The Sportnado. You know, not the prepared. Sport, the the Sportnado. <laughs> I mean, feel free to ask a question in the breakdown as well. In fact, we'll answer a separate question on the breakdown if you want to do questions. But you also can produce an episode of this show. And I'm thinking, you know, next week, if you're up for it, Hockey Guy Patrick, just tweet at the Sportnado. And we'll, uh, we'll do a little DMing back and forth. We'll follow each other and have some private conversations and figure the whole thing out. But, yes, you can determine the fate of this show, at least for one episode pretty and, sweet and by that what jonathan means is determine what the topics are i suppose well yeah and if you want us to do a particular thing or yeah we're, we're pretty open to it how about that like you don't get you're not like darth vader you know you don't just get to the power of the force unbridled or anything if you want like to that. if you, you know, want to make for example something you could do for example is you could make it so that jonathan during the whole third quarter has to do a southern accent and i, I recommend doing that as the producer yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You 100% could do that. Right? Or <laughs> yeah. you could have Grant say an offensive word every fifth word uh, for in the second quarter. For how offensive? First quarter, every, how, like how, does as it offensive as it gets, Grant. <laughs> I don't know as offensive as that. it gets. I don't know. I'm talking, I'm talking it could be offensive toward, you know, in terms of gender stuff. Race stuff. I'm not sure. I'm not producing it. I won't be. I won't have to say it's not me. But that I'm sounds like it. a great. That's thing. what our producer, hockey guy Patrick Woods. Yeah, for for that to live on the internet forever. That's my dream. That's great. 
Great idea, Jonathan. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, maybe don't run for president. Actually, or maybe do. Maybe it doesn't matter anymore. I don't, I don't really feel right. like running Let's for president. Let's get into <laughs> It sounds like a bad job. You say me. that now. You say that now. I do, and I you will say change, it. You may change your mind. I don't think so. You may change your mind. Well, you know, that's what that's what Bill Clinton said. You know what you know, All right. the, you know what Dustin Johnson is? He's the president of golf. Is that right? Is that what he is? <laughs> that is an important and good transition. He was the president of golf, at least until yesterday, Grant, when he went up to hit his first tee shot at the Masters, the 2017 Masters, and just begged right off, begged out of there, said, not for me, baby. And took off. Got in his he, hot rod and drove away. And then he threw a beer bottle on the ground. Yeah. He slapped somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So went up, to, uh, went up to Phil Mickelson's wife and kissed her. Well, yeah. That's part of... A lot of, of tongue. A lot of He's tongue. the number one golfer in the world. He can do whatever he wants. Of it, course, it, again. By the way, Phil Mick... Is, is Phil Mickelson the one whose wife died in a horrible way oh, several years ago? What the fuck? I just realized that. So maybe he's remarried and it's okay. But if not, we're sorry, everyone. And we yeah, didn't you're know. a dick. No, you're Tiger sorry. Woods' you're... wife? No, he's not married. You're everyone. the dick. <laughs> Someone's wife. Just anyone's <laughs> wife, okay? It doesn't okay. have to be. So let's get to the story here, which is. Hey, all right. He didn't just decide not to play because he's like, ah, fuck this. I don't like the Masters. <laughs> it's because yeah. he fell down the stairs and hurt himself. Like in a very. I mean, it... is that. Is... I mean, that's that's Is the that question why? we're going to have to ask. That's the story. That's that's what I said. I said <laughs> it's the story. Uh, we're going to have to ask the question. Yeah. But, I mean, whatever the circumstances were, I'm sure Dustin Johnson was not wanting that to be the circumstance because he's having a crazy run of golf. Is that a thing that people have? Golf runs? Well, that's yes, what he, that's what he's is. having. He's golf running right now really hard. He's the, <laughs> really only, fast. He's only the 20th ever world-ranked number one golfer. Because he became the world ranked number one golfer this year when he won three PGA Tour stops in a row. That is insane. I don't. Has Tiger even ever done that? Three I don't know. I don't know anything about golf, so I can't answer that question. Yeah, I mean, it sounds um, it sounds impressive. Is, it's not like he's going up against a bunch of people who don't know what the hell they're doing. By the way, the thing about Dustin Johnson, even further than he's won three in a row, he's won the last three. St- PGA events he's played. Yeah. He's won three in a row leading up to the Masters. Maybe right. that's your time at a golf run. Yeah, yeah. But it isn't like it happened earlier this year. We're in it right now, or we were. Yeah, until and this he, is he, he is turned this, yellow. Is this the most important golf tournament of the year? Yes. Yeah. So he it was absolutely is. he was on the hottest streak that any golfers had since Tiger Woods going into the most important golf tournament of the year. He's thirty two years old, which is like seventeen in basketball for golf. So I mean, what yeah. a, what a life! And then he and then he air quotes falls down the stairs, and maybe he did. See, I've fallen down the stairs, and you have actually, yeah, you? and it hurt a lot. I had a, a big old bruise on my butt, but I would have been able to play and golf. I, I guess I fell a little differently than Dustin. But um, you also fell down carpet. You fell down carpeted stairs. Yeah. Dustin fell down wooden stairs. Right. So that's different. Yeah, and he claims that he was wearing his socks at night, and uh, he shouldn't have been wearing his socks. And he fell down the stairs because the socks were slippery. That's kind of also what I said. But also, I had been drinking a little bit. So I'm wondering if Mr. Mr. Dustin had been drinking a little bit there or a lot. And I wonder what the true story yeah. is there. Also, he's claiming a back injury, which is, you know, really hard to prove one way or the other. So maybe it's just a cool story because he wants to light up some doobies. You know what I mean? And get lit. <laughs> I, I don't know what you mean. No, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure that that's... A much more likely scenario is that he did fall down the stairs and he's telling yeah. the complete truth or he did fall down the stairs and he was drunk when he did. 
It's unlikely that he pretended to fall down the stairs so that he could light up some doobies. That's not, I don't, I don't think that's what is going on here. I don't know. If hey, I golf- just, I just made a connection. You know, the, you know, the doobie brothers from the seventies that, that I know. you think that was because their last name was doobie or is it because they liked the doobie? I they think liked it was to a, light up some doobies. I think it's what those in uh, journalism call a double entendre. Ah, so yes, yes. The answer like is yes to smoke. both. The gosh. The, the hey, what? Um, the guy. <laughs> Dude, you, I can't believe how cool. I'm shortening You're it. So I'm making cool. thing. Everything you've said about marijuana so far makes me realize how in touch with the youths you are. So in touch with the youths of America. I live in Portland. I'm from Portland, Oregon, man, these days, you know? So, like, I know what's up. I yeah. know what's happening. Things are legal now, you know? Yeah, it's like organic. you. We don't panic in Oregon. <laughs> Jonathan's experience with marijuana is walking by people on the street, smelling the pot smell and making a little face like, ooh, <laughs> it's not exactly. It's not exactly true, but it's not incredibly far off from the truth. How about that? Yeah. You know what I'm going to do pretty soon is I'm going to get pretty high and watch Planet Earth 2. That's going to happen because it's going to be you're awesome. De- you're definitely... You're definitely not kidding about that either. I no, <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly not. I have, a, I have a plan. It's with a mutual friend of ours. So, yeah. I can guess who. Yeah, I'm sure you can. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, and Grant is, of course, in Oregon where that's completely legal. So no one has to drop a dime on him or anything like that. Do they yeah, I did it before it was legal too. So fuck everybody. That's what I say. Yeah, every time, every time any of us have ever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, um, the Masters... I decided to look up and see what Dustin Johnson was giving up because he was, not surprisingly, the prohibitive favorite to win. Right. He was plus 550, and the field is not tiny at all. It's a very, very large field. You know, it's a lot of dudes. Plus 550. You know what first place in the Masters is? What is it, 5 million or something? Well, no. But it's <laughs> $1.8 million. If you, um, I think if you win the FedEx Cup, it's $10 million, though. And the FedEx Cup is like you get points for all the tournaments you win over the course of the year. And the majors are worth more than the normal tournaments. Masters, of course, is one of the four majors, along with the Australian Open, the British Open, and the U.S. Open. Hey. Oh, nice work. Is the Australian Open? I'm not sure about the Australian Open. Is that a thing or is that just tennis? Let's not worry about it. Yeah, that's a good all idea. Right. Um, so cool. that's something that I kind of like about golf as compared to the sports that we usually talk about. And I'm not saying it's completely true that in basketball, football, um, salaries are not merit-based. They certainly are. But in golf, there's such a direct meritocracy correlation to like how much money you make. Of course, there's endorsements outside of it and stuff that like people like John Daly get because he's the only cool golfer because he has I mean, you know a- addiction problems. So cool though. That guy <laughs> is totally addicted to like cocaine. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's cool. But no, that, like, you're, you're totally. Yeah. So go ahead. Oh, just I agree with you that this and tennis are the two sports where, I mean, the golfers, like there are people on the PGA Tour who are not, who are losing money on the PGA Tour right now because they go from stop to stop and they have to pay, you have to pay all your own expenses. It's like right. being a poker player in that way. And you just, you know, if you don't win, you have like low level sponsorships if you're just barely on the cusp of all this stuff. You know, if you're one of the worst guys on the PGA Tour. And you can absolutely lose money being a, pro- a professional golfer, one of the best in the world even. It's brutal. And that's the way it is in tennis too. In tennis though, I know if you play in a major, they give you money just for making it into the major. Like the US Open, I think you get $16,000 for showing up. Oh, cool. Like, because 
Yeah, because you have to qualify for the U.S. Open, although a lot of them qualify just because they're like ranked in the top 200. So they automatically get 16 grand. You show up, they've, they've essentially paid your expenses and some extra money for you just for being there. And then there's obviously a lot more money on top. But yeah, the Masters, $1.8 for first, over a million dollars. For second place, seven hundred thousand for third, five hundred thousand for fourth, four hundred thousand for thir- fifth. I mean, there's some serious cash getting doled out here, man. I mean, golf Dustin is ex- Johnson. Golf is extremely popular. I've never truly understood why. It's never been my thing, but I mean, people are entranced by it. They love it. Well, it's, I mean, the people who play it, I get right. I mean, why yeah. they would watch it, right? It's if like play it, if you play it, yeah. yeah. If you understand it, then you understand all the. You're watching for different things than the normal audience, but. Something like like I never played the NFL football or any football except with friends and things like that. But we can appreciate it anyway. Not as much as someone who played the game, though. No. But we still appreciate it because it's a good spectator sport. So is the NBA. The balls are big. There's big athleticism. You know, I think balls big the, meaning it's easy to see on television. Oh, I think it's the incredible feats of athleticism that get the, uh, the layman into those sports. Whereas with golf, there's sure. a lot of technical stuff that is amazing to those who really know what's going on. And it's like, oh, the ball got closer to the hole to somebody like me. I don't give a shit, right? So it is. A, I can certainly correlate it to, to poker on TV where like you and I love watching poker on TV and most of the people listening to this love watching poker on TV as well. Um, but to people who don't play poker very often or know what really what's going on, it's like, why the fuck would I watch guys sit around and put chips in a pot? Who cares? Yeah, I mean, it's a fair question, honestly. And even we, when we were watching the World Series of Poker main event, Final two last year, we that went on for hours and hours and hours, and you and I were live tweeting it. Somehow we did the whole thing, and we were at the beginning of that. We were saying this is the most exciting final table ever, and by the end, we were just praying for it to end because it was so boring. And well, it was horribly right? boring. So, even, <laughs> right? But I'm yeah. saying so. Like even we found that boring at some point because, and not because it went on forever, but because the way the poker, the, the type of poker that was being played, right? So yeah, so I think the people who play golf and a lot of people play golf watch it too, and that's what it is. All right, so I just can't. Yeah, I got a question about this. Is this bad for golf or is this good for golf that Dustin Johnson can't play in this? That's a great question. I think it's got to be bad for golf. I mean, if this guy won his fourth straight PGA event and it's the Masters, and now he'll that would make seven wins in the last year for him. I mean. I think golf and basketball and tennis and probably football, everything does better when there's a clear top dog. You know, like everyone, everyone then tunes in to see if they get there or not. Tiger Woods made golf popular to a whole generation of people because whether Tiger Woods was going to win an event or lose an event, people wanted to see that. And so yeah. on the fourth day of the event, if Tiger had a chance to win, everyone tuned in to see if he won or lost. And that was interesting either way. So you need people to root for and against. And mostly, like a guy like you and me, don't have anyone to root for and against in golf, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. Right. So now I wrote for the guy who pretends to have a hurt back so he can drink some more Schlitz or whatever. Like, cool, I'll root for the party guy, Dustin Johnson. <laughs> yeah, because we're just assuming that's the case. We're just going to decide that the case is some sort of nefarious <laughs> deed by Dustin Johnson. He's clearly a substance abuser. That's obvious to everybody at this point because he fell down some stairs. Right. That's what's I'm going saying, on. I'm not saying he's a substance abuser. I'm just saying he clearly uses oh, and course. loves it. And, <laughs> and he's willing to, you know, walk away from $2 million, not just $2 million here, but also the $10 million FedEx Cup title. So it's like $12 million. He's just lighting on fire because, you know, he'd rather drink a Corona. It's like, know, uh, and, like sit by the beach. It's like Ricky Williams, you know, same thing. 
It's just like Ricky Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, seriously though, it, it must suck for Dustin Johnson. I'm assuming this is a real injury. I mean, of course. Why would you? He 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 got all the way up, took a few practice swings, and then I mean. He could just claim he was hurt if he wasn't going to show up and play, right? Yeah. But he did all this because he was trying to get himself there and just couldn't do it. And that's that's got to be tough. But at the same point, he's won three events in a row. He's doing incredibly well. It's got to feel good to be the best golfer in the world. I wonder, though, could this ruin him forever? Might he never be as good as he's just been because of this back injury, like throws him off and now takes a year to get back to where he needs to be. And then it's he's a little bit older and a little bit this and a little bit that, maybe? I, I, I think it's possible. And as I said, I don't know much about golf, but... It seems to me that golf is a game where tiny adjustments are constant and it's a, the type of game where you can get the yips really easily, you know, and just kind of yeah. lose your focus, lose lose whatever level of of maturity in the game that you had at the point where you were at your apex and it can be really hard to get back. So, I don't know. It might it might really affect him because of that. I don't think the injury itself will affect him, but it might be just kind of like throwing off his whole thing. Yeah, I mean, you have, you're have you in the zone, right? I mean, we saw this happen with Tiger Woods back in the day where he was the best golfer in the world by a mile, and then his wife, you know, and not justifiably so, like beat in his, like, car windows with um, a golf club, and he was sort of never the same guy again. And, yes, I know he had injuries too. He had all sort of things, but it was a little weird to watch the guy who ran roughshod over the field for years to essentially never be great again. You know? Yeah, it's like uh, Michael Jordan coming back on the Wizards and being like, oh, I guess we could put him in the All-Star game because his numbers can justify it, kind of, but it's Michael right. Jordan, so we have to. Yeah. The difference is Jordan was 40, and you know Tiger Woods was still, in theory, in his prime, right. age-wise at least. You know, And Dustin Johnson, clearly in his prime. Hopefully he'll be able to come back because then we have someone to root for or against. I'd be, I root for the party guys. He's like the John Belushi of the tour. He's definitely you – know? him and John Belushi actually are brothers. He's one of the Belushis. I don't know if you knew that. He changed his name to Dustin <laughs> yeah. Johnson. That was smart. It was Dustin Jensen before. No, it was Dustin Belushi, you fucking idiot. <laughs> no, no, no. No, he was actually – his father uh, had changed his name because they wanted him not to be saddled with the Belushi legacy ah. you know, of alcoholism and drug addiction. And so they called him Dustin Jensen. But, <laughs> you know, he didn't like that name and changed oh. it, you know, when he was old enough. That's the story. Okay. I mean, I'm sure that's true. I think it's probably okay. Why don't we stop it there? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we'll come back to some National Basketball Association. It's quarter number two. That means it's time to crack open a six-pack of National Basketball Association news and views with Grant and Jonathan. News and views, huh? That's, uh, that's catchy. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming up with things that rhyme. It's always about the rhymes up in here. Up in here? This area. Right. Yeah, so what right are we talking about this week? We're talking about Kevin Love's collection of plants, perhaps? And also his collection of ants. And I don't mean the animal. I mean all his mother's sisters. Okay. He's got a lot of them. So, all right. Start with yeah. uh, Doreen. She's a good one. <laughs> She's one of the good ants. <laughs> <laughs> one of the good love ants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the thing about Doreen. <laughs> all right. No, we're actually here to talk about LeVar Le- Le- Ball once again and how wonderful. I think we're going to be talking about LeVar Ball a lot in the future. I think he's going to be a constant yeah. topic in the National Basketball Association section <laughs> of Sportnado. I really hope so. It seems like it, though, and it's exciting. Here's the latest and greatest from LeVar Ball. He was speaking 
to um, the Southern California News Group. He was quoted by them. And he was saying the Bruins lost to Kentucky in the NCAA tournament. Now, of course, they played in the Elite Eight game in the NCAA tournament because his son injured his hamstring during the game, which was, was news to everyone. And here's the quote. Realistically, you can't win no championship with three white guys because the foot speed is too slow. End quote. So that was the first thing. He then later attempted to clear that up a little bit. I don't know if we should we just jump into this right away or should we do the whole uh, everything he said? All right. Well, oh, let's hear it. Let's, let's jump into this first. Um, first Good. of all, I don't really believe in his assessment of talent because he's the guy who said he could beat Michael Jordan one on one. This is a guy who did play in the NCAA and averaged like two points per game, right? This guy. Yeah. yeah. There's also video of him going around now playing in his rec league, and he's terrible. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that makes me really happy. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, there, first of all, he's just categorically wrong that you can't win with three white guys. It's easy. Right now, I can do it. If we give 19-year-old Chris Tapps Porzingis, Kevin Love, and Goran Dragic to an NCAA team, those guys are winning the NCAA championship, right? Well, yeah. For sure, they now, Goran Dragic is like 29 years I, old, no, so you might have some eligibility age, issues there. Put him there. at age 19. Oh. Put him all at age 19, oh. however good they were at age 19. Those guys well, are Well, Porzingis be- is, is now 19, right? Or he's 20 right now <laughs> yeah. or something, yeah. No, you can, you can definitely find a way to make it work for sure, and I'm sure if we go through back through the annals, we'll find a team. I don't know. We'll probably find a team that's won the title in the last 30 years who have three white guys. Maybe not, by the way. I don't Maybe. know if that's true. But I mean, but we could. The point is we could do it. If we worked really hard and pushed everything just right, we could do it. I, I mean, his point, is, <laughs> his point is stupid, but it's not without merit. I mean, I don't think that's the reason they lost. But I think certainly we can look at the landscape of the NBA and say the majority of the best players are black. And there are some very good white players, but... They're not yeah. like filling out 80% of the top 50 players or anything close to that, right? So for, for sure. I mean, the thing that's lost in this and him saying this, which I think hurts him and doesn't really hurt Lonzo, but it's not good ultimately, is that Lonzo Ball probably played his worst game as a pro, as excuse me, as a collegian in that game. Right. And so to, to sort of bring up the three white guys with their slow foot speed, the, the night that your son had a terrible game, it would be different if Lonzo scored 35 and had, you know, 15 assists and nine rebounds and they lost anyway. Then we might be saying, well, you know, I mean, I don't know what else Lonzo's supposed to do. And the other, you can blame three of the other four starters. That's not crazy, but it's crazy. Lonzo had 10 points, eight assists, and four turnovers. And the guy who was covering, De'Aaron Fox, scored 39 in a college game. Yeah, I know. 39. Uh, I wanted to bring in that an up. Elite eight game. It's kind of, yeah. It's kind of clear that Lonzo Ball was a big reason they lost that game. Which makes it weird that I mean, he chose to take the stand on like race in basketball at this time. And I don't think he's really trying to do a race thing. I think he's just a guy who th- says right. things because he kind of thinks they're funny or inflammatory and decides to say them because he's like, I'm LeVar Ball. I say stupid shit all the time. It's kind of my thing. So I agree. That's why I he agree. said it. I but mean, I think he's a terrible father. I'm going to say that because why? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you exactly why. So. In his kind of uh, comeuppance for this when he was apologizing, essentially, he said this, and I quote, I blame one person every time they lose, and it's the same person all the time. It's my son. He's at the head of the, at, of the front, and I blame him regardless. If he had 30 points and 20, he says, it doesn't matter. It's already been said. Like, like he said, he didn't make enough plays for the team to win. Like, that's not a good thing to say about your kid. I blame my but kid. That's not true. Okay, it's a but, lie. He just bl- the three days ago he blamed the three slow-footed white guys, according to him. Right? I mean, it's just not it's not a real thing. He just it's just a thing he's saying to take 
you know, to take away from the other thing. By the way, one of the three slow-footed white guys led UCLA in scoring in that game with 17 points. Just mentioning that, TJ Leaf. Um, and here's the other thing, which is like a little weird. So Bryce Alford, who's one of the, the three guys, he said, I love Bryce. This isn't in, in his apology. Because he's Alford's son. That's the coach. And he's always been nice to me. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not a good reason to love him. <laughs> Those are not, I mean, that's fine to love him as a person, but not as a player. TJ Leaf, Zoe's friend, Lonzo's friend, Always nice and respectful. That's it. So they're like, these are like nice white boys is what he's saying. <laughs> these, that's, and it's funny. It's fine. Look, these guys are fine. It's okay that he says crazy things. I want him to say crazy things. Um, but it is, it's just weird to say this uh, when Lonzo had such a terrible game. That's the only thing about this that really strikes me as way, way, way off and out of bounds. Right. Yeah. I think ultimately LeVar Ball is going to end up getting himself in a lot of trouble someday. And I don't think this yeah, is it. I, I don't agree. think he's, I don't think he's in a lot of trouble for this. I don't, I think it's mostly just funny, but if I, I mean, he's capable of saying these things. And then the way he says things like you're talking about where he's like, yeah, I like TJ Leaf, Leaf cause he's always been nice to me. That has nothing to do with what you said before. That has no yeah, bearing. That, right? that has, it has no bearing on the situation. It just makes me think he's not yeah. really capable of, being political in any way, I guess, is the best way to put it, or, or formulating the the right thing to say when his opinion may be so out of bounds. And eventually he's going to have either an opinion that's very out of bounds or an overreaction to something bad that happens in Lonzo's career, um, blame the wrong people or say the wrong thing about somebody, end up saying something that's like extremely inappropriate and bigoted in one way or another, and he's going to get in big trouble. I really think that's going to happen. I mean, it may hurt Lonzo a little bit in terms of endorsements. Right now, it's probably helping him in terms of endorsements. But if LeVar goes the way you're talking about and down the road says something that feels like, you know, big, big corporations don't want their hands around, you know, like Nike doesn't want us put their arms around the ball family so much when they're associated with this guy, that'll be a problem. It's not a problem yet, for sure. By the way, Ball attempted to clarify his comments today on Friday in an interview with ESPN LA 710. And he said, I'm not saying I don't like the white guys and we lost because of them. No, that's how they twisted it up. So he's going to the familiar refrain of blaming the media when the media gets it right. You know, yeah. like here's what he said, just to remind everyone, he said, realistically, you can't win no championship with three white guys because the foot speed is too slow. And he's saying, I didn't say, I'm not saying I don't like them and we lost because of them. He's not saying they didn't like them. No. But he is kind of saying they lost because of them, right? He's absolutely I saying mean, he is, that. Saying, I mean, the proof right. is in the pudding right there. That's just the words he right. said. You can't remove those from the internet. They're there forever. Right. Exactly. Steve Alford, UCLA's coach, said, and I quote when asked about this, that UCLA will respectfully decline to comment. And I think that is exactly what he should be doing. There's no reason to defend. Defending those guys actually doesn't help them anyway. The white guys, you know, like saying anything, is, it's stupid. Just like... Let LeVar say crazy things, and they're sort of saying, hey, man. Also, he's got two more LeVar kids coming in. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't want to you know, give them reason to go somewhere else because the first one worked out pretty well for him. Yeah, except they lost in the Elite Eight because he had a terrible game. He did, but the UCLA has not been this relevant in a little while, and Lonzo's the best player that's been on UCLA in years and years and years. You know, may- maybe since Russell Westbrook, probably the best player. Maybe Kevin Love. Those are the guys, you know. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, that guy was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that guy was all right. Bill Walton was pretty good, too. There are a lot of good players on that team, those yeah. teams. It's got, a, it's got a legacy. And it's interesting because it has like a very uh, – what's the word I'm looking for here? It's like 
a good legacy, but a more eloquent word for good, <laughs> like a noble legacy almost. Like there's a nobility to UCLA and their history. Like the guys you mentioned there, those are all kind of like stand-up guys, those players. Maybe Russell Westbrook doesn't have that reputation as much as no. Kareem yeah. Abdul-Jabbar and, and people like that. But yeah, but in general, they they don't have like this goof off bullshit reputation. They have a reputation of being like a, a good college that produces good college athletes who are respectful people. And LeVar Ball is not an athlete, but he's kind of, he's not on that path. That's for sure. I mean, um, Lonzo though has done nothing that would give anyone reason to think he himself was disrespectful or a goofball in any way. Right. So Lonzo's doing fine. He's just saddled with this PR sort of both at times, good thing and bad thing. It's a boon for him sometimes. And other times it's going to be an obstacle for him. So it'll be interesting to see how he navigates that as he goes into the NBA and also as his other brothers start to become more famous as they're in at UCLA and in the NBA as well. LeVar won't have all his attention just on Lonzo's career probably. So he'll have that. I don't know. It's going to be a weird – it's going to be fun and weird to follow. LeVar, you're still doing okay. We still want you to say crazy things. Don't get us wrong. Please continue. We know he's a listener. That's why you're saying that. Of course. Of course. All right. Um, why don't we take a break there? We'll come back and we'll get into some national – Football League. That familiar whistle can mean only one thing. We're back, and so is the National Football League. That's a lot. You know we're going to do right football now. Football League is not back until September or late August, well, I suppose. The the NFL draft is coming up very very soon. It's coming up in a few weeks, Grant. So some would argue that it absolutely is back. It's going to be back on TV. It's going to be back in your heart. You're going to be reading about it. You're going to be thinking about it. You're, you're going, going to be, be forced. About it. You're going to be forced to look at Chris Berman some more. I think Chris Berman is done. I think he oh, uh, really? did he his retired? last NFL thing. I think so with ESPN uh, last season. I think he just finished up everything. And he's gone forever. Wow, that Finally, guy had a very, very long career. I mean, he was one of the original ESPN guys, right? He was there. Are, uh, he may be the last of the original. ESPN guys, and he may be among the worst of the original ESPN guys too. I know he had his like his thing, his like ba 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 ba, and you know, back 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 back, and all the, the names and everything. But he was just gimmick after gimmick. He wasn't particularly great at anything. I guess the NFL Live Studio Show, which they used to do at the end of Sunday nights, where you know him and Tom Jackson would do the highlights from all the games back when that was still a thing, when that was the only place to sort of see all the highlights collected together. They did a nice job with that. But that guy made way too much money and is way too famous, considering <laughs> his skill set. You know, like, I don't. He's the gimmicks work. You know that people like that shit. They we need some gimmicks, maybe. Maybe that's the problem. Zoinks! It's Grand Jonathan. <laughs> Woo! Is that good? That's it. That's what we're go- we're gonna do that from now on for <laughs> sure. You know the um. Do you know the the one famous story about leather with him? Do you know about this? No, I do not. All right, I'm. A- I'm going to tell it really quickly. So I think it was a Super Bowl weekend, but not the day of the Super Bowl. So like the day before or anything like everything. So like all the media, big media personalities didn't, weren't really doing anything. And there was um, some normal guy in some, I think it was in New Orleans, some New Orleans bar. And there were two attractive young women there. And Chris Berman came up and the guy was talking to one of the women. And the, Chris Berman started talking to the guy and the women and all that. And he sort of looked at one of them and she was wearing a leather jacket. And he said, you're with me, leather, and just walked away. And she just followed him (laughs) she was like you know like 20 years old and super hot and he was already you know 55 and chris berman and so you're with me leather became a whole thing on the internet for a while 
you can look that up. I probably got some of the facts slightly wrong, but the the heart of the story is there. And uh, that's uh, yeah. he the, actually the power really of fame. That. The power of fame, I suppose. So I know we got to get this show more popular. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of famous broadcasters, Tony Romo is going to be one of those guys. What? Not only is he going to be one of those guys, he is dethroning Philip Sims. Yeah, that that Phillip part's Sims interesting. No, I mean, no longer the number one guy at CBS. It's weird. It's pretty weird. Okay, let's first talk about what Romo's decision was about, and if we think it was the right decision and all that stuff. Because I mean, at the beginning of of this off season, everybody thought Romo was going to end up on a championship contending team that was not the Cowboys, and retiring wasn't even something that was being thrown around. Yeah. That's right. But Romo, you know, maybe unlike almost all the other quarterbacks we see, seems to understand that he is a fragile, a fragile, you know, meat skeleton <laughs> on this, you know, piece of dust hurtling through the universe. And like maybe not to have, you know, 400 pound guys, you know, trying to destroy you every second is a good idea when they'll pay you a lot of money for that not to happen. John Gruden figured it out. I mean, John Gruden's a co- as a coach, but still, instead of working those 18 hour days, you know, seven days a week, Gruden now basically does nothing and basically, you know, sits up during Monday Night Football and tries not to say anything that will give away any, you know, anything useful about football or offend anybody. I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's an incredible deal for John Gruden. I don't know how he has that job and he makes something like six million dollars a year. So, I mean, I don't see how this could be a bad decision for Romo. No. From Romo's point of view. He was at all right. I can see why the Texans are upset about it. Sure. I mean, they are. And you're, you're talking about how he's fragile, and he is particularly fragile. I mean, maybe he's not, but at least he was unlucky in his career. He was injured a lot more than the average quarterback, I would say. And the severity of his injuries were, were pretty bad. I mean, he played five games in the last two years because he had, like, a repeatedly broken collarbone, and then he had something that sounds really bad with the word back in it. It's like dysplasia of some type it's uh, something where it's like you're you're (laughs) fucked up for life basically from whatever he had last year with his back um so i certainly think he made the right decision it's take this cushy job kick phil fucking sims to the curb and let's go let's do it i mean there's a few things that are interesting about it one is there are teams who are already whispering that they believe that Tony Romo is not 100% all in on this job and that they will have a shot at getting him to come back in the middle of the season if they ask him. So we'll see about that. Right. I can't believe CBS would set up the contract where he can be their number one guy and then abandon them midway through. But I don't know what they can really do about it if he leaves. I mean, he can just – whatever financial penalties would be in this contract, I'm sure he could pay them off pretty easily or have the team pay them off essentially. So I don't know. Um, that's number one. The other thing that's interesting is, so he has no experience doing this, right? Like zero experience. Why is he suddenly going to be doing, you know, Super Bowls and he's going to do every Thursday night game with Jim Nance and the big Sunday night, the big Sunday CBS games as well. It seems really strange to start at the top. Like, what if he's no good? We've seen this so many times. Dennis Miller on Monday Night Football. Tony Kornheiser on Monday Night Football. Yeah. Like once in a while, Troy Aik- there's a Troy Aikman who like shows up and is really good at his job and can just handle it. But most of these guys aren't good because this is hard work, you know. It looks easy, but it's not super easy. Right. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think they just wanted – there's a couple things going on there in my mind. One is that Romo is just one of the most beloved players in the NFL, and CBS felt like they needed to make him an offer to lock him up so no other network network could get him because he's one of the, like, biggest prizes coming out of retirement as far as – potential commentator in recent years i think they're mostly looking for quarterbacks it's hard 
He, I mean, Romo's Why got. Do you say that though. He's got. Why that do you think he's of, one of the, the prizes of the NFL? Who likes Tony Romo? I mean, dude, I know a he's like a good-looking do. guy. I I don't really I don't, particularly understand it myself, but the feeling I get is generally like, even if you don't like the Cowboys, you're like, yeah, Tony Romo's giving it a shot. He's trying real hard. I like that about him. Ah, shucks, Tony Romo. You know, he's like fucking Middle America. Um, you know, people like that shit. Maybe people don't like Tom. Maybe Brady it's also his, hard. People don't like Tom Brady in his fucking UGG boots and his adultery. They like Tony Romo and his less obvious adultery and not UGG boots. I was going to say, Tom Brady has no known adultery. I'd just like to be really clear about that. He may absolutely be doing it. He probably is. But, but there's no – no one's even made that claim. You know, of no, no source of any you know, valid source has ever made that claim, just to be clear with everyone. I'm sure it's happening. How could it not be? I'm talking about. It's tough. It's tough to, I'm talking about the uh, Michelle Moynihan thing. Okay, one, he was not married to her. Number two, he was broken up with her when he when he started getting together with Giselle. I can't believe we're talking about this. She was pregnant, but they were already broken up. Come right. On. So that guy's okay. not like. That's not my not point adultery. Is, my point okay. is that guy's not likable. <laughs> He's not somebody you want to hire. Okay. Like even though Tom Brady's a far better quarterback, had a much better career. I think. Any network would prefer Tony Romo to Tom Brady. And that's saying something because Tom Brady's career is amazing, right? But Tony Romo has just something about him that's just something that you want in uh, TV people, unless they're in comedy or some sort of steep drama, is a level of neutrality and a level of like, there's nothing to fear from this guy. He's like kind of just a nice Mm. next door neighbor type guy. And that's what you get with Tony Romo, I think. At least that's the perception. I mean – I don't know why you're – I think the networks would fall over themselves if they could get Tom Brady to be a color commentator for sure. I mean he's the most famous player in the world for football, right? He's good-looking. He's got a very famous supermodel wife. He's won five titles. I'm sure they would kill – and he, actually, he also, except for the Trump stuff, which he has tried to sort of somewhat step away from, but I don't know how successfully – uh, he's really never says anything or does anything that's offensive to people, except maybe the Michelle Monaghan thing from, you know, whatever, 15 years ago, or however, 10 years ago now. Um, I think they would kill themselves for him, but but maybe he's not available either. Like most of these quarterbacks, like Peyton wasn't available. They make right. too much money. They don't want to do it. But Romo does. And I guess you're right in that he's not going to do or say anything offensive. I just don't know how good he can speak. You know, I'd be a little worried about that. And on live TV, I remember ESPN tried this with Teddy Bruschi, and it wasn't even to um, – be uh you know like doing games it was just in their studio show and he is terrible at that job and i watched the very first time he did it live and he was nervous and stuttering and lost his place a lot and over talked and all the and it was really obvious compared to everyone else who was in the room who's been doing this for a while you know that he was a rank amateur and well, they just signed him because of his name and i don't know i'm that could have that could be happening again i don't get fox wanted him too i don't get why maybe he tested really well and fair enough if he did, but it's enough to kick Phil Simms out. Now, Phil Simms is no good at his job, but, you know, he comes in at the right time and he only says things when it's time to say things and stuff. Right. I mean, it's not an easy career path to go from an athlete to a TV presenter. I, I think that that's certainly not a natural transition. And uh, I think part of what, why CBS might have done this, not only to make sure that they get Romo and nobody else does, but they're probably also tired of Phil Sims because I sure as shit am tired of Phil Sims. <laughs> that guy says so many inane things that mean nothing. Yeah. It's a, it's incredible. He's like John Madden without the charm, you know. Just like John Madden he would say awful. those things. 
he, John Madden would say those things like, well, that was a good play because they made yards that, that went forward towards the end zone or like something akin to that. But John Madden had his charms, you know? He was enormous. Yeah. And oh, he absolutely. ate turducken and he had a funny-ish voice. And Phil Simms is just kind of like, I, I, Phil Simms just sounds like a guy that I don't want to talk to at the water cooler in the office, basically. That is true. Like, Phil Simms, you're supposed to sort of want to, it's supposed to be like sitting at a bar with two guys who know a bit about football and you're, and you're like listening to them talk about it and almost like you're part of the conversation. Phil Simmons was never like that. It was just shut the hell up, please. <laughs> you're wrong about everything. You know, and in fact, there's been um, numerous Reddit threads. You could find You could search this on Google. Shit Phil Simms says where they just take quotes from him from the games and it's incredible. It's really funny and they're accurate and it's sort of it's like, how does this guy have a job? So Maybe they're just like, it can't really get much worse anyway. But I think it might be. Again, Romo may just be coming in at the wrong time or choke on national TV. A different kind of a thing. And it just seems like a lot to give him as opposed to, let's give him a year as an apprentice and then fire Phil Simms. You know, I don't know why they wouldn't do that. Maybe Phil Simms' contract was up. But I know this. Sims and his family were surprised that this happened and didn't expect it and are upset about it. Yeah. It's Chris Sims. His son came out and talked about that and basically said this clearly wasn't done, you know, with any sense of, you know, propriety. He didn't use that word for sure, but he was complaining about it to, when, when asked. And fair enough. Like, I mean, it's out, of, Sims, I would, it's out of nowhere, right? It's pretty much just out yeah. of nowhere. He didn't expect that his job was threatened at all. And uh, no. for some reason, his son, Chris Sims, blamed Jim Nance for it. He said it was Jim Nance's fault, which is weird, right? He said uh, – I mean – let me let me find that because I have that. Um, okay. He says, "Listen, I think that certain certainly a company like CBS, they're going to run this by Jim Nance." Um, if I'm going yeah. to sit here and be honest with you, yeah, that's what I would envision happens. Jim Nance is their guy. Hello, friends. He's kind of the face and the voice of the network. He's a bigger linchpin than Phil Sims for that network, that's for sure. So I think, in some degree or fashion, I'm not trying to throw Jim under the bus, but yeah, I think he signed off on this. So, I mean, that's probably true, right? I mean, it's very likely that they didn't demand to, to Jim Nance, you know, they probably, they probably at least made sure he was okay with it. I would guess. We don't know for sure, but as a, at least to the degree of like saying like, um, is it okay if we replace Romo with Phil? Are you going to freak out? You know, yeah. and he says, no, I'm not going to freak out. I'm a professional. They're like, great. That'd be like the lowest end of it. And the highest end is he goes to the CBS, you know, exacts and says at the end of last season says, I can't work with this guy anymore. Anybody else is fine. I yeah, can't that's, work with this guy. That's possible. How about a couple Phil yeah. Sims quotes? You want to hear a couple Phil Sims quotes? Oh, I really do. Thank you for looking these up. I'm just so happy you did right. this. Um, here's one. Before a play is going off, I think it's going to be a run, pass, or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a classic, and you'll find as we – I don't know how many quotes you have there, but as we, if, you, if you look this up on the internet, people, um, you'll find that, yeah, there's so many times where Phil Sims will say something and then contradict himself immediately or say something that's physically impossible. So, like, that's a great example. That's an incredible quote. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I can't find any more right now. Sorry. Um, you know what? I'm going to try and find a few right now because it was just – so amazing. There's actually um, an at Phil Sims quotes uh, Twitter. Yeah, I'm looking handle. at that. Oh, uh, that's where you that's where you got to. I got a fight broke out and they weren't fighting. <laughs> I don't know what. It's just weird. Anyway, I guess I guess we can only do so much with that if we're not right. really prepared. Yeah, we didn't but, prepare um, for this part. But I really encourage. 
No, it's true. But I really encourage people just to uh, look it up. Even as I just typed in shit Phil Sims says um, in Google, the things that come up are an article that says it's called Phil Sims just gets worse and worse. And that's All right, from here's, 2013. I found a pretty decent quote here. Um, okay. I'm pretty sure they are going to go for the touchdown here. That was when the team was third in goal from the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Phil Sims. I mean, once in a while, maybe there's some context to that, right? Where, like, they're up by 10 with a minute to go, and, you know, so maybe they wouldn't, but usually not. Almost certainly not, right? Um, here we go. Here's one I just found. This is from a shit announcer, say, week five on Reddit, where it's just all Phil Simms quotes. <laughs> so here's a few. If it ends in a punt, it's a good series, since it's not a turnover, says Phil Simms. That's, <laughs> That's a bad one. That's pretty bad. Here's another one. It's one on one, but there's another guy there to help him. <laughs> um, how, mean, about, how about this one? Shazier, yeah. he's not one of the fastest guys, but he's definitely one of the fastest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, we can do this forever, so we should probably stop. Yeah, okay. Let me do. Okay. I just was going to keep going. You're right. Let's stop. But people, look it up. There's great stuff out there. Amazing, amazing stuff. We just found a whole bunch of it. It's wonderful. Okay. Um, so Phil Simms out, Tony Romo in, and one other thing is in. That's the fourth quarter. It's coming right up where we're going to do some let the grant fix it. We'll see you in a second. You've been good little chicklets. You've eaten all your vegetables. Now it's time for the dessert. It's let the grant fix it. That was the this creepiest is, fucking the- thing. That was so creepy. Why would you say stuff like what? that? What was creepy about that? We were just that? talking how about how, how things can live on the internet forever. That lives on the internet forever. You <laughs> are the Bill Cosby of this moment right now. You creepy. That is shit. really, really unfair. <laughs> Equate me with Bill Cosby because I said you get your dessert out because you ate your vegetables. I mean, that's the thing. You called them little the chicklets. You you told them they've been good little chicklets. Yeah. Yeah, that's that? okay. I feel why is that? What's creepy about that? I feel afraid. I don't know. I don't feel safe right now, even though you're across the country. <laughs> I mean, look, you do what you need to do to take care of yourself. Okay. Let me be clear. I think gonna, I support that. Okay. All right. I, I will. What are you going to do? I'm going to maybe what, call. Do you need a blanket? I'm going to call it a bomb threat on your flight home so you can't come back because I'm afraid now. That sounds like a great, great idea. And, um, <laughs> Will have no impact on your life forever. No, no. So that's good. I, I'll won't, call, won't be a problem for you. I, I'll use my wife's phone. It'll be fine. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. And this is exactly the kind of fixes you can expect from Grant in this segment. Just like that. See how yeah. he solved that problem? It was amazing. Right. It's incredible. So if you're wondering what we're talking about when we say let the Grant fix it, this is the section of the game of the show where – I post sports dilemmas to Grant, and he does his best to come up with fun and creative fixes to said problems. Uh, sometimes we use your suggestions if you tweet us at the Sportnado, but we're not using your suggestions this week. We have a piece of breaking news. Not really. Not really breaking at all. But for us, this show, it's breaking because when we did it last time, I don't think it was on the show yet or it hadn't happened yet. So it's effectively breaking news for us, and we're just going to talk about it. So you ready, Grant? Yep. Are you prepared, Grant? Are you just going to ask me this in different ways? This is this is not going to go well for you. The answer is yes. I'm you ready, ready to go? <laughs> you ready to go? <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Okay. Last Friday, 
the Rockets and the Warriors were playing each other. And James Harden was punched on his sore left wrist by Warriors forward Draymond Green. And Harden said after the Rockets lost, they lost by nine points. I don't know. I thought it was a closed fist. I don't know what the referee saw. Now, Harden had jammed his left wrist on March 18th. This was, of course, on October, on, excuse me, April 1st when the punching happened. But he had jammed his left wrist on March 18th in Denver. And Green claimed, did not deny, by the way, that he punched Harden's wrist. He claimed he punched Harden's wrist because Harden was pinching him in the stomach area. And the quote is, he pinched me, so I punched his wrist. That's pretty much it. He does it often, actually, which is kind of adolescent, but whatever. So this is not the first time Draymond Green has had some issues with hurting people, I think it's fair to say. That is correct. But did you notice something about that? The date. It was April Fool's Day. So Draymond Green was just saying, hey, guess what? April Fool's, I'm punching you in the injured part of your body. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the greatest prankster alive. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's that's pretty funny, actually. Um, Although I think April Fool's Day was the Saturday. And Friday was the... uh, Right. It was, oh, sorry. It was April 1st that the report came out. You're right. Ah. I did say that. And actually, probably when the game ended, it was April 1st on the East Coast, but not on the West Coast when the game actually was going on. Well, so he wasn't technically get to it play, was not. He wasn't going to get to play a partially injured stu- superstar on actual April 1st, but you got to get your foolsy pr- right. pranks in. So you got to get them in somehow, you know? In fact, isn't it a better prank if you don't do it on April 1st? Because everyone expects April 1st now, you know? Yeah. So you have to do it on March 30th, March 31st. April yeah, it's like second. the surprise I'm birthday a, party a week early, that type of thing. I'm a big fan of doing it like July 20th because no one sees it coming. It's really nice. <laughs> yeah, that's really. yeah. You, you know, you're like, you're, don't go outside. You're like, there's a bee. There's a bee in your shower, and they walk in, and there's the letter B. Oh, it's so good, so good. Yeah, that's People really love that. That's great. <laughs> so anyway, coming back to our problem for the week that we need Grant to fix. So Draymond Green has been. A bad boy, once again, continues to hurt people. Notably, if you haven't been paying attention or listening to this show, Draymond Green, known for flicking people in the balls, or as Grant likes to say, punching people in the dick. Yeah. And uh, this is potentially what cost the Warriors a championship last year. He loves dick punching. He loves it. It's his favorite (laughs) thing. And I think he... I mean... Maybe it's not that. He just loves punching the most sensitive part of somebody's body at any given time. And And he was aware of Harden's injury. And... If it weren't for Harden's injury, we'd be talking about a dick-punching situation right now, I think. Right. I think right. it would have been just like right. an uppercut straight to the scrotum, I think was what was going to happen had the wrist not been injured. So Harden might actually have come out okay on this compared to what it could have been. I mean, I don't know. His left wrist, he is hurt, and he's you know in the running for MVP, and the Rockets are really good at trying to contend for a title over here. I mean, they're not legitimate contenders, but in their minds, I'm sure they are. Having Harden not be 100% with, from the wrist point of view may be worse. Yeah, Although, I, I know. Maybe, maybe not to Harden. Maybe not to Harden, though. Right. So, all right. So how do we – what what can we do so Draymond Green stops hurting people for real? And who are we? What what organization am I? Um, that, That's a good question. I think we're probably the NBA. Like what else – what other body would – like I don't know if the Warriors care, right? I think they care that they lost the maybe championship. Maybe they do because – do they though? Why would they? I mean, what is it to them? <laughs> right. Uh, no, sure, they care. They they care, but they but you could also make the case, especially when he punches like the the MVP candidate's injured wrist. That you know, if we lose Draymond and they lose Harden, that's okay. You know, that's not so bad. That's a fair trade. We win that deal. 
all day long. So, so I, but I think from the NBA's point of view, the NBA is going to be more concerned about sort of Draymond just, you know, flicking pe- random people in the balls and things like that, as opposed to the Warriors who are only worried about, does this cost us a title or not? Like, so in some ways the Warriors should be like, James, like feel free to punch people in the balls all day long, as long as it's not the playoffs, even in the first round, go crazy, you know? Play with the scrote. <laughs> after that, we need you. We really need you to be gentle and, and just focus on playing with the big ball. That is the basketball. Okay. You know? So um, I'm the NBA. <laughs> I'm the NBA right now or I'm the Warriors? Yeah. yeah you're Adam Silver. You're Adam okay. Silver. So the NBA, here at the NBA, we're known as a progressive organization, especially since I took over as commissioner. We've been trying to make sure that we are looking towards the future, you know? And yeah. um, sometimes... Things come up like this, and they're hard to deal with. Draymond Green is one of our most popular athletes, and we all think he's a great player, but it's certainly troubling that he's continually dick-punching. And uh, we're, not, we're not big fans of the dick-punching <laughs> or the injury-targeting. So yeah. although we're progressive and we often look to the future, I think it's about time that we look towards the past. We're going to go biblical with a new ruling. It's going to be Old okay. Testament shit up in here. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. We got HD cameras Super slow-mo HD, right? Anytime anybody does yeah. any sort of thing like what Draymond does, say, say when he kicked the shit Bruce Lee style out of Steven Adams' dick last year. That was brutal. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. good one. Yeah, right. that's a good one. So we've got HD cameras watching these games, of course, and they're super slow-mo. And we're going to get some trigonometry going on here. We're going to replay that in slow-mo. And we're going to see the exact speed and trajectory of Draymond, Draymond Green's leg and foot as it intercepted with Stephen Adams' tender parts. Draymond Green will then receive punishment equal to that, being kicked by a machine that is calibrated perfectly to kick at the same speed that kicks Stephen Adams in, in, the, in the cock. Is that justice, I ask you? Is it justice to just have the same thing happen to him that he did to others? Is that really fair? The same thing? You think it should be worse? So like, he, I think it should be at least a little bit worse. Okay, we can add 15%. Otherwise, he's just doing this. Uh, yeah, there you go. Add 15% velocity or power or something. Now, it gets tricky or when we're talking spikiness. about the, the James Harden situation. It gets tricky because um, Draymond Green doesn't have the same injury. So what we do right. is we make it so Draymond Green has the same injury. We take a look at <laughs> James Harden's MRIs and his, his x-rays and his scans, and we have an expert doctor injure Draymond Green's wrist the same way James Harden's is yeah. injured. And then we have the machine hit punch Draymond Green's wrist. 15% okay, harder. That's, 15% harder. Yeah, 15, <laughs> yeah, that's important, right? So yeah. that would really give I, – I have to believe that would give Draymond a lot more pause with some of these, these things he's doing, right? We yeah. just have to. Now, what about all the things that are not as obvious? So, like, we watch Draymond on and off like in game four of the NBA finals. He ran up to – was it LeBron yeah. or Kyrie? It was LeBron. It was LeBron. Yeah, he ran up behind him and and clearly like flicked at his testicles. Like, yeah, it clearly deliberately. There's no basketball play going on here. He just did it. So that was sort of cut and dried. What about? There's a lot of things that happen, especially in today's NBA, where they're looking at flagrant one fouls, flagrant two fouls. Basically, anytime someone gets hit in the face, it's a flagrant one, and often it's clear the other player had no sense of it. Like a short guy is just getting a rebound and his elbow goes into some other dude's 
face who's like crouching down for a second. The short guy would never know the guy whose face was going to be there. And they give the short guy a flagrant one anyway. That's been happening more and more because they're trying to protect the players. I don't have a problem with that. But how does that play into this solution? Like, so if someone gets hit in the face inadvertently, what happens? So, for example, let's try and think of a, a, a model citizen in the NBA who's someone who Never does, you know, would never be seen as doing anything wrong. Is Carl Anthony Towns a good example? Carl Anthony Towns, Tony Parker, maybe? Great. Tony Parker's even better. So Tony Parker, in getting a rebound, his elbow slams into, you know, um, Rudy Gobert's nose by accident. It's very clearly by accident. But Gobert's got a broken nose, you know? And it's not going to cost him any games, but he's got a broken nose now. So what happens? All right. So this is where it gets tricky because we have to define intent. Um, yeah. I think what we do is we, we create a new position in the NBA known as the injury intent czar. And the injury intent czar reviews all plays in which an injury is occur, occurs and uh, decides whether or not there's intent. And it's a subjective ruling by this person. This person is yeah. el- elected by a committee of coaches and, uh, and sport NATO hosts. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, if we're going to name a czar, I don't think you have to have an election. I think that's part of the deal with czars is there's no election for a czar. Fine. But, um, but if we get to if we, we get a vote, I'm in. Right. I mean, we so, can just call him a czar and vote for him anyway, right? I Who mean, cares? I think it should probably usually be a former player sticking with the Spurs. I think Tim Duncan would probably be pretty good. Yeah. He'd be a good intense czar. That would czar. be great. And he, he could probably use the money. And then fairness. Tim Duncan gets that's all that money. Oh, yeah. Tim Duncan for sure. Definitely one of those guys who went broke. Yeah, Tim Duncan. No, no, no. It's not, he didn't go broke. I'm sure he didn't go broke. No, of course uh, not. More, um, he had he had like twenty million dollars stolen from him oh, by right. his financial advisor. That's true, but that's so like that's probably it's not a drop in the bucket, but it's like you know an eighth of the bucket. I think he's okay. I'm yeah, I'm sure he's fine. But he but but he might he might be a good one. There, Tim Duncan or a guy like Tim Duncan is great. Like, right. You just have to go with that. Like sure, whatever Tim Duncan says, I'm gonna believe. Right. Yeah, and he gets to have the joy of saying, yes, we're going to have the machine kick Draymond Green in the balls at 28 miles per hour. And then he, he – and Draymond Green has to wear um, – or whoever does the ball <laughs> kicking has to wear one of those caps they put over you before you get executed, you know, like a black, like a black bag over yeah. your head. So, and yeah. then he gets kicked in the balls. Um, in, in the town so square. So he doesn't know when it's coming? It's, it's in the town square. In the town square. <laughs> yeah. Now, People are allowed to throw tomatoes, but not rocks. Okay. So I'm, I'm loving this, but there is a, a legality question I have with this, which is it can't be legal to take a restraint and injure someone like that. Do you think, do you <laughs> think we don't own be. the police? We're the NBA. We own the police. The police are going to set national. up the machines. They're going to they're gonna block people from trying to tamper <laughs> with the machines. Actually, we need a police yeah. presence at the machines because that could be a way you could really hurt somebody. When somebody's receiving a punishment, if somebody knows how to calibrate the machine to, to go way harder, mm. kick Draymond Green in the balls at 150 miles per hour instead of 28, you know, then you got got a serious situation. So we need. What we if need, Draymond goes on the run? Place. What if he goes on the run, though, because he knows this is going to happen now? So, like, he punches James Harden in the wrists super hard, and he thinks, like, uh-oh, now they're going to break my wrist and punch it even harder. That's bad. I'm rich. I'm out. And he like flies to Bogota. What happens? Well, I guess that sucks for Does the he Warriors. Just get off? I mean, he can Oh, so 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 no punishment for Draymond Green then. He just gets away with it. Well, certainly his team, his, his team has suffered are, this, are this is going to affect the salaries, you know? People are if if people are running away to avoid getting kicked in the balls by the ball kicking machine, that should affect their salary if they're going to be 
a frequent ball kicker, the team has to understand there's some variance involved there and they can't pay him that much because it's possible they'll never come back to the U.S. and they'll live out their lives in Bogota. Right. Well, I mean, I think it would affect the salaries in that like they don't have to pay Draymond anymore, right? If he's no longer playing yeah, for the that team because he's on the run. That Although too. maybe he could like, you know, shave his head, put he's some a- other kind of makeup on and show up and we wouldn't know it was him. You know, his name is Raul Gimetto now and uh, he's Italian and he's got a great three-point shot and is a hard-nosed defensive player. Not really sure where to play him. Maybe center. Sometimes it's weird, but we're just going to throw him out there and see how it works out. Gosh, that guy gets a lot of assists. He's I don't think, guy. He's great. I don't think that's going to work. I'm just going to say, I think his cover will be blown. How come? Um, just, Why? Just the, the logistics. What if he gets facial? What if he gets like a massive reconstruction facial surgery? You know, and like then, people do that. And then this person who's never played basketball before in any sort of grid, he's just like been living in in the hills of Spain, perfecting his his triple double esque basketball game. <laughs> And then I mean, he comes out of nowhere. Not, it's not impossible. <laughs> yes, it is. Right? Maybe, maybe, gonna, I think it is. Maybe we, <laughs> maybe we could come, we come. You hire someone to come up with a really good story about how he always loved basketball, but he never got to play organized basketball. No, he watched it all the time because his father died at a very young age and he had to take care of his six younger brothers. His father was very virile. And, uh, and it was just, you know, occupied all his time. And so he worked a hard, he worked a job this whole time. And then one day he had his, all his younger brothers finally are made it through college and he was out, you know, shooting hoops just recreationally. You know, he's like 28 now or something like that. Right. And uh, a scout found him. An international scout saw him and said, what if, what if, you know, how about that? Now, the thing you're going to have to do if you're the Warriors, you're going to have to find a guy whose father died when he was young, who has six younger brothers about the right ages. And you have to kill that guy. Right. So Draymond can like take over his life at some point. Yeah. That's the one thing you have to do and threaten everyone else to like, not give away that Draymond is not really. Is that like, is that the the exact plot of the talented Mr. Ripley? Every single piece of that, (laughs) including the NBA part. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the jacket. If only I hadn't worn the jacket. All right, so I think an easier thing for Draymond to do than deal with that is just stop punching people in the balls and targeting their injuries. He should probably do that. But since that's not going to happen, get that ball-kicking machine ready. Get that (laughs) wrist-punching machine ready because Draymond can't control himself. That's clear. I mean, he did it in Game 4 of the NBA Finals very obviously, got himself suspended, missed Game 5. The Warriors almost certainly would have won had he played Game 5. I mean, we don't know, but it seems very likely they would have won the, the title, and instead they didn't. Like, that's amazing. That's incredible. And wow, I still can't believe that actually happened. All right, that's a great fix, Grant. You did a wonderful job. Thank you. You you LTGFI'd the heck out of that. Right. So we're all very happy here in uh, Sportnado land, Sportnadoville, as we might say. All right, I think that's it, too. I think, you know, folks, if you've got a suggestion for Let the Grant Fix It or any topics and your name isn't Hockey Guy Patrick, then you can tweet at the Sportnado. If your name is Hockey Guy Patrick, Tweet at the Sport NATO, and we will set up a little DM conversation. We'll figure out if you're producing the show or what questions you want to ask us that we are forced to answer no matter what. We'll see you next week. Sports Nato.